0: your reason to learn to drive was it something that you've always wanted to do and when you turned 16 that was hey I'm gonna do it did you decide that if you got your license you would have some freedom well you do actually to some degree and maybe more freedoms than you realize like most people you have the freedom to come and go as you please as long as you have a car available but you also have the freedom to pay for mechanical updates and tune-ups and repairs. You have the freedom to pay for insurance. You have the freedom to follow the rules of the road and to drive appropriately with other road users. You have the freedom to pay for deductibles after a collision. You have the freedom to pay for increases of insurance after being charged. You have the freedom to be in the hospital after a collision because you just dropped your guard. Or you decided that the rules didn't apply to you. So let's remember all the freedoms we have when we decide to drive. And let's not take those freedoms for granted, which I think some people do. Welcome to another episode of Speed Bumps, a safe driving podcast. We're now in Season 2, Episode 9. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how the ending of daylight savings time affects drivers. Another episode of Things to Make You Go, huh? And the 10 Least Reliable Vehicles Not to Buy in 2021. I hope your vehicle's not one of them. Let's go. As you're listening to this episode of Speed Bumps, we've just ended Daylight Savings Time. So we had to move our clocks back an hour, uh, and we were supposedly able to get an extra an extra hour of sleep. Well, I didn't, my internal clock got me up when it thought I should. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was up kind of early this morning. The, uh, the daylight savings time, just at, at an interest point, was first started here in Ontario, Canada in 1918. And no, I haven't been alive for all those years, but sometimes I feel it. Um, and I, I do like it, but it's over now. So how does this going to affect us as drivers? Well, I, I did talk about my internal clock. So it does affect our internal clock uh, for about the first week or two. And this can really affect us, especially on the way home from work. So the fact is, is that you can be tired, extra tired, and not realize, especially when you don't normally be tired on the way home from work, but now you are so in the mornings you chances are you're going to be up a little earlier than what you really want to be but then you're ready to go home an extra hour earlier when you're at work so the problem it really is is similar to having jet lag when you're traveling across different time zones and if you've ever experienced that i i have in a three-hour time zone i'm going to bed at 7 p.m because i normally would go to bed at 10. (laughs) then I wake up at uh, like 2.30 in the morning. So it is is kind of a weird thing. Getting used to it for the time I was out west, then coming back to Ontario, that jet lag is all there. So when you're driving home after we change the clocks back, uh, you're going to feel a little tired than what you normally do. It's not just the fact that it's dark out now, but this dark, poor lighting can affect you as well. So we need to be prepared. So how about we first start with talking about preparing your vehicle? So a lot of people may not drive when it's dark out on a regular basis until it gets to this time of the year because they have no other choice. So make sure your lights are clean, like properly clean them, clean their windows inside and out and and check your lights too. make sure that they're all working properly because it's dark out. People need to see you and you need to see them, too. So let's also talk about you now. So you're gonna feel tired on a long drive home, especially the short commute of 10, 15 minutes, maybe not so much, but the longer drive of an hour, my, I have a two to two and a half hour drive home each day on average. Yeah, that's could affect me probably more than others who have that shorter distance. So now there's a recent study that also showed that there's an increase in the number of collisions during the late afternoon commute in the first two weeks following the end of daylight savings time um, compared to the two weeks prior to. So this increase is up to almost 30% increase of collisions in this two weeks after the time change. Well, why? Because you're tired. So if you are tired, don't fight it. Please don't fight it. So if you're starting to get the the heavy eyelids or you start drifting in in your lane, and I have talked about this on previous episodes of a speed bump about dry, uh, driving drowsy and how to, how to fix it. You can always check the index for that, but a couple of short solutions. First one is get off the road, take a break, close your eyes, have that rest, and then continue along. Don't try to get home in your normal time for the first two weeks. Give your body a chance to change, um, do what you can to stay alert, um, conversation. If you've got passengers, uh, drinking water, water helps to keep you awake. Apples are great to keep you awake. So have that snack, maybe cut up some apples before you leave work. And you've got some apple slices to, to, uh, to have on the way home. So the fact is, is that the change of daylight savings time does affect us. Um, mainly because we're tired don't fight it. Just wait out the two weeks. Your body will change. And then all is good. And also the fact that because it is dark last week, uh, I was talking about being able to spot pedestrians when it's dark. Well, it's darker sooner. And uh, in a lot of cases, it's dark. It's going to be dark by 530. It's going to work its way to like 445. And a lot of people are wearing dark clothing. So the fact uh, remains that not only are you tired, but you also be hard to find people. So let's make sure that you're alert. Let's make sure you're awake and get used to the change of time again. Another episode of Things to Make You Go. Huh? There is some uh, road construction in my area, and they, they closed the road for about three weeks. And they put up big barrels and cones and signs to say the road was closed. And after the workers got home, a few drivers were caught going through this construction area to save themselves about three minutes. Well, the three minutes they saved cost them $110 in fines, three demerit points, and a lot of aggravation. What people do some days to save time. Things to make you go, huh? When we talk about being reliable, we often talk about our friends being reliable, our, our family, our job, and, and even our co-workers being reliable to do their part of the, the task. And of course, when you get to a vehicle, you want your vehicle reliable. You expect that when you get into your vehicle, you start it up, it runs and it doesn't break down on you. That's reliability. I need it to get to my job as hundreds and millions of people do each and every day. But while I was searching for uh, different topics and whatnot, I came across uh, consumer reports that talked about the 10 least reliable vehicles to buy in 2021. I thought this was quite interesting because these are some big names. But they uh, what Consumer Reports did is they used an analysis of 17 trouble spots that signal reliability issues. And uh, they ranked each model with a reliability score of 1 to 100. So obviously 1 being the worst and 100 being the best for how reliable they are. So these are the the top 10 list, or maybe it's the bottom 10 list. I don't know. But I was a little surprised to see some of these vehicles. So, so I'm hoping you didn't buy one of these for 2021. Um, but uh, here you go. The first one on the list with a score of 13 out of 100 was a Chevy Silverado. Now, every time I say the name, I, I keep picturing the commercial on television. It's a very popular vehicle. But it had a reliability score of 13 out of 100. Next, at a score of 18 out of 100, was another popular vehicle, the Subaru, but this was the Subaru Ascent. And uh, you never think about Subarus being unreliable. Uh, Everybody I know that has a Subaru talks about how great they are, but they don't have that particular vehicle. I wonder what the deal is. Next, at one point up from there, at 19 out of 100, is the Volkswagen Atlas. Now, Volkswagens are great vehicles, but... The Atlas, maybe we don't see enough of them for that problem. Uh, Next, right after that, is a score of 21 out of 100 for the Jeep Compass. I like Jeeps. Uh, I like the old-looking Jeeps, you know, like from the, the 70s and 80s. Those were cool, but, you know, I'm old. Right after that, with a score of 26 out of 100, was the Volvo XC90. I like Volvos. I think they're cool. I think they're safe. They're sporty as well. Um, a little surprised by that one, but again, 26 out of a hundred is not great. Now tied with that, with the square of 26 out of hundred is the Chevy Colorado. Now again, it's a nice pickup truck. It's gotten bigger over the years. Sometimes you wonder if they're too big, but uh, kind of sporty, not quite as large as some, but uh, a nice looking vehicle. But again, the reliability's not there. Also tied with them is the Tesla Model S. I recently interviewed someone about owning a Tesla and they like their Tesla, but the Model S didn't seem to be as reliable. Uh, Another Jeep in the list of top 10 at a score of 27 out of 100 is the Jeep Wrangler for reliability. Going to have to wrangle up some warranty, I guess. And then there's the Ford EcoSport at a score of 28 out of 100. If you don't know what a Ford EcoSport is, it's okay. A lot of people don't either. But they're out there. I see them on the road. And uh, eh, they're, they're okay. I don't think I'd buy one. The, the looks are not in, uh, thrilling for me. But uh, I'm not just about the looks. I, I do like the reliability. And the last one, also with a square of 28 out of 100, is the Volvo XC60. So, a couple of Volvos, a couple of Jeeps, a couple of Chevys in the top 10. Well, we do want things to be reliable. Do your due diligence when you're searching for a vehicle. Let your fingers do the walking. Find out ahead of time uh, about all your vehicles that you're looking for. Find out not just about cost and the warranty, but find out about the reliability especially if you're going to put all this money into the vehicle, whether it's a new or a new-to-you vehicle. Um, Keep all these things in mind when you are searching, and uh, maybe even share this with someone you know, and hopefully uh, we all make a good educated choice before purchasing a vehicle. Thanks for listening to this episode of Speed Bumps, a safe driving podcast. Uh, be sure to come back each week as each episode is broadcast on a Sunday. And if you have missed any episodes, uh, you don't forget go back to Season 1 as well. And you'll see in the menu all the different topics. I'm always happy to help in many ways. So if you have an idea of something that I should be discussing, please drop me a line. You can reach me by email, safedriver36 at yahoo.ca. You can also reach me on Twitter. I am at safedriver And also TikTok, you can check out my videos. I am at the safe driver. Be safe, drive safe, and we'll talk soon. I'm Scott Marshall.